God is with you. Let us pray. God of the destitute, one with the hungry, the naked, and the scorned, may our faith be proved not in dogma and piety, but in serving you in the last and the least. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Quick note for all of you who have not listened to the podcast for a while, those of you who've been joining us in person on Sunday mornings, we are pausing from our in-person worship for two weeks with the hope that we will resume on December 6th. So for now, hang tight, listen to some podcasts, and we'll see you soon. But for those of you who have not tuned into the podcast recently, we don't include the readings in the podcast, but you can find them on the bulletin page, this week's bulletin under worship on our website. You can also find them uh, attached to the file of wherever you're getting your podcasts. If that's confusing, just send me an email, gauchopriest at gmail. Today we celebrate Christ the King Sunday. While the name is one to which we have become accustomed, the concept is still a radical one. Consider what it would mean to call an uneducated peasant who died on death row in the Roman Empire in some forgotten territory, to call that person the king, the ruler, Caesar. Or consider, like Woody Guthrie and Wilco before us, what it would mean to have someone like Jesus for our president. However you imagine this day, this is the final festival of the church calendar year. This is how the church year ends. Soon we will begin anew with Advent, a season of waiting, a feeling familiar to all of us as we wait for an end to this pandemic, as we wait for the uncertainty to cease, as we wait for life to come again. But before that, we give thanks to the one from whom all blessings flow, the giver of grace, Christ the King. The fall after I finished my bachelor's degree, I flew to Kenya for a semester with Knowles, the National Outdoor Leadership School. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. Over the course of three and a half months, we climbed Mount Kenya, we went on safari, we sailed single-sailed vessels called dhows on the Swahili coast near the border with Somalia. In the middle of that fall semester, we drove deep into the Maasai Mara, which is the Kenyan side of the Serengeti, and spent over three weeks trekking through the wild 
countryside, sleeping in tents in the lands where lions and hyenas hunt at night. Our guides in that region were Maasai warriors, young men in red with spears and sandals made out of old tires that are these folks are the face of the Maasai to the world. One of our first days trekking through that wild land, we took a water break deep in some forested brush. And as we sat there, we heard a rustle in the bushes nearby. My friends and I were terrified. In our minds, it could be anything from a Cape Buffalo to a rhino, but the guides were not concerned. They knew instinctively what it was. Out of the bushes, there emerged a little baby goat. Now, I knew what a goat was. I was familiar with fairy tale notions of the animal, like Billy Goat's Gruff, etc. But I had no first-hand experience of the beast. This baby goat was cute, really cute. Its coat was soft, it was almost all white, and it was a sweet animal. It came right up to us. It was curious and kind. It even let us pet it. It was fantastic to feel the tender flesh and squishy bones of the friendly little beast. And it was not alone. Shortly after it, three or four other young goats came back, came out through the bushes, <clears throat> followed by their parents. It was a whole flock. And close behind them came two little boys. The boys were probably seven and nine years old. They were doing what little Maasai boys do. They tend the goats. Now, I was 22 years old. My social life was removed from children, but I found it crazy that these little boys had so much responsibility and freedom. I could hardly imagine leaving American children to feed and manage a single household dog, much less a whole flock of goats in the wilds of Eastern Africa. But these boys did it. And they could do it because... Goats are smart. They don't need a ton of guidance. Goats get in and get out of trouble all on their own. They don't need much shepherding. Unlike sheep. The sheep and the goats. This passage can be a real bummer. It seems to tell us that some people are inherently good and some inherently bad. Like some will go to heaven and some will be tortured eternally. Fire and brimstone, right? But that is not what this passage is about. The question is not, am I a sheep or a goat? The question is, have I fed the hungry? Do I clothe the naked? Do I care for the sick? Do I visit the imprisoned? Do I give the thirsty something to drink? 
It's not about you at all. It's not about me. It's about those who need us. It's about living into our relationships, our love of God and neighbor. Here, Jesus says essentially that love of God and neighbor are one and the same. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Loving neighbor is loving God. That love is not a nicety. It is not general pleasantry, not am I pleasant to my neighbor, but am I helping others? Am I trained in compassion? And am I practiced in love? Am I so accustomed to loving those around me that I don't even notice it? Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food? Those who helped Jesus in the the least of these don't even remember doing it. That is God's kingdom. It is not self-congratulatory. It's not on Twitter claiming to have done things it did not do. Leadership in the kingdom of God is more like a shepherd boy in Africa. More like King David, the shepherd child who was too small to wear armor. Today, we as a church celebrate Christ the King. This is not about God as emperor, ruler over a military superpower. This is about the reality that Christ leads us into the fullness of life. Jesus is not harsh. He is the little lamb, the baby goat, the one who, like a sacrificial lamb, gives his life. He did not seek greatness. He did not overpower others. Quite the opposite. He allowed himself to be killed at the hands of empire and corruption so that we might know that love eternal is not bound by those forces. Like a tender phoenix rising from the ashes, Christ is resurrected. God's love is both gentle and limitless. But that love is not simply something to be admired from a distance. It is meant to be practiced, to take what we have been given, our time, our talents, our hope, and to share them with those who hunger and thirst, to share with our black sisters and brothers the freedom from hatred and murder by the police of empire, to feed our undocumented neighbors, many of whom work to feed us to give our LGBTQ siblings the cup of dignity, respect, and friendship, to know and visit those who are incarcerated and to fight against the systems that have spit them into their jail cells and death chambers, to heal and care for the millions who are sick with this pandemic, to see their faces, to care for those not yet ill, and to guide us back to health as a country and as a planet. That work takes leadership. But it is leadership like the attentive love 
of children with their goats. It is Christ, our King. Amen. The mustard seed this week is to give thanks. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, It is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. It is out of that wealth of gratitude, the richness of life, that we turn and feed the least of these, that we have the energy and the compassion to go out and help those who are in need. So this work week, as we jump into Thanksgiving, practice giving thanks. Have a great week, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. With trust, trust and hope, we turn our hearts to God in prayer. Come forth and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the good earth, and for the wisdom to live into our interdependence with all of God's creation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God, the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For deliverance from all violence, oppression, and degradation. For the good work of this community, may our roles be uplifted by one another as we do healing work in Isla Vista and beyond. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. We pray for all who are suffering with the recent spike of the coronavirus. We pray for all who are traveling for Thanksgiving and students trying to find their way through the end of this term. We pray for hope and change in the talents of God to be shared. For all of these we pray. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. All that we have asked faithfully, grant that we may obtain effectually to your honor and glory. Amen. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying,
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.